Agency Unfiltered this week comes with a twist. As we sit down with Ikin Pelivan, Associate Professor at Marketing at the Martin V. School of Business and Economics at California State University, Channel Islands, and Leslie Cortez, a student at Cal State Channel Islands. They join the show because Ikin has developed a micro-internship and student agency program at Cal State Channel Islands. Ikin shares the history of Cal State's student-led agency, how it started, and why. We dig into the agency's go-to-market, the types of businesses they serve, and the services they offer. We also get into the details on team structure, how it's made up, and are there any hierarchies among students, and how do they handle the division of labor like sales versus account management. We wrap up with process development, how are things mapped out, and what about future optimizations. Eakin leaves us with a few lessons learned that I believe any agency can take home with them. Agency Unfiltered goes back to school right now. Leslie, hello. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are you both doing? Hi, Kevin. Very nice to be here. Doing great. How about you? Not so bad. Um, I think you're probably gearing up for maybe a late breakfast based on the time difference. Uh, I think once we uh, chit-chat today, I'm going to go ahead and grab myself a lunch. Um, but besides that, um, yeah, things are going pretty well. What's the What type of temp are you dealing with? Are you in the part of California that is just like beautiful around the around the year, like every day, all day? say that we're in a little paradise in California. How about you, Leslie? We're in Southern California, both of us, Ventura County and LA County. Um, yep. It's pretty sunny today, so can't complain. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say little paradise. I would. I have a lot of complimentary things to say about Boston and Massachusetts, but I don't know if little paradise uh, would be one of the words I choose for, for my neck of the woods. Um, now, we're here to talk about California State University uh, and uh, uh, an agency that you've put together that's uh, run and managed entirely by students, which is awesome. Uh, And it sounds like a phenomenal opportunity for both the students within the program, uh, but the local businesses that they support and provide services to. And so I want to unpack all of that. Uh, You guys uh, are my first uh, student-run agency to be featured on here, but I can't help but think there's going to be some lessons learned and some takeaways that will be applicable to any and all agency, services, providers, et cetera. So maybe the best place to start, give me a rundown on the history of the agency and the program. What's the genesis? How did it start? Uh, and what was the deciding factor on, on pulling it all together? Sure. Let's see if I can do this. <laughs> There's a long story behind it. So um, <laughs> the history of the agency uh, actually kind of dates back to the hits of the pandemic. Uh, initially, the idea was to take some time for me to actually create the feasibility study for the university, decide whether or not this is doable. But then, of course, life hits and you have to respond. Uh, when the pandemic hit, there were a lot of students that were reaching out and saying that they're losing their primary source of income. And we also had our small business community around our campus who were reaching out and saying they don't have a virtual storefront because they have been operating with a physical storefront for a very long time. It seemed like the students wanted to gain the experience and and earn a little bit of money by doing some internships and small businesses needed the help that the students could give them for for a lower fee than they would otherwise not be able to uh, afford themselves. 
and we jumped right in with a great team, our, um, our department analyst, our department coordinator, uh, the director of our Entrepreneurship and Small Business Institute, Dr. Cindy Sherman, and our interim dean, Dr. Susan Andrzejewski, all kind of jumped right in and started working on creating the agency for the students right before, um, I believe it was May, May of 2020. So it's been a little over mm -hmm. a year. And uh, I've been supervising the genesis of the uh, agency, but everything has been done by the students. And that's the best part of all of this. That's exciting. And so uh, how, how has the agency taken shape? So how many students are in it? Um, how are, are, are there hierarchies? Are there, is there, talk to me about the org chart, uh, maybe even at the very beginning days, but how you um, grow the team over time as well. Sure. Um, I believe at its most crowded, we had about 20 students. Right now we have 11, but we are hiring new interns for our summer cohort. Uh, there are no real hierarchies amongst the students themselves. There are divisions that students actually take on tra trainings in, and they can take different roles in different teams. So uh, once Leslie starts talking about her experience, I'm sure she can talk to this because she has done many different projects and has worked at very different levels in each of those projects. We have account managers, but it doesn't really um, signal a hierarchy. It's more so the communication between our clients and the team that needs to be facilitated that account managers do. Uh, I am, while I'm, I'm a professor in the university, I'm actually not a teacher in this program. So I work with the teams as if I am a part of the team. My managers assign me tasks so that I can carry over my tasks using Microsoft Planner. Um, and we're trying to make sure that everyone gets an opportunity to experience all of those roles, right? Not just stick in one area, but try different things and figure out what you want to do because we're still an educational institution. While we're, while we're functioning as a student agency, the idea is that the students get to test different things and learn different things. So we're trying to stay away from any um, rigid structures that would lock people into any specific roles unless they actually want to do that. So it sounds like a pretty fair balance between, all right, we have to leverage this, obviously, as a learning opportunity for the students. And you should try a number of different things to see where you could potentially uh, build a career and what you would want to pursue after college. But you have to balance that, too, with probably results and making sure you do the work for clients. Yeah, that's it's a really, really unique balance. Leslie, how did how did you choose where to place yourself within the agency and the organization? How did you manage that balance? Well, when I first started off in the internship, I truly did not know much about marketing or all the different branches we could go into. Um, but I just started as a regular intern. I'm still a regular intern. Um, so I started first in a research project, most based off of. And then I'm now I'm kind of an account manager, but um, I'm still it kind of defers. Um, but I love that we get to work in groups. And um, we I think we're more of a self managed kind of I believe I can cause it so hmm. we kind of just um get or accountable for one another um so I guess you could say we're all still learning and that's very true for myself I'm going to start a new project which is for the Adobe Pathways which I'm excited for since I don't hmm. know much about um 
but I would say that that excitement of starting a new project probably carries or holds true for a number of, of, of different agencies, right? Is that if there's a new client within a vertical or industry you haven't previously worked with, like, okay, I guess I'm going to learn a lot about solar panels or uh, a manufacturing about the springs that go into this. So uh, there's always that element, which is really interesting. Ekin, um, how would you describe the agency's go-to-market? So obviously we want to help virtual... Um, sorry, local businesses uh, who may be um, trying to manage through the pandemic to get online and establish some virtual storefronts. Uh, is that is that the primary service offering? Is there any other layers to who might be a good fit uh, for this student agency? Are there any additional services that you may offer folks? So our go-to-market is, uh, it might sound a little vague, but we are a problem-solving agency. Uh, while I focus specifically on marketing in my own research and my teaching, I actually um, carry the agency as a business consultancy agency that's focused on problem solving. And mm. the idea there is that we, we talk to our small business clients individually, try to do a needs assessment before we move forward with any proposal that we might get to them. So even if they wanted us to create a website, we first try to see whether or not their industry is one that requires a website, right? There are many different things that we have to um, take care of. And uh, because we have such a vague and, I guess, broad uh, net cast, uh, we have done many different types of projects, not just direct marketing-related projects. We've done, actually, Leslie was part of a minimum viable product test that we did um, for Mm. a very small business. Um, Currently, she's working with a a um, stakeholder research for a um, first responder uh, gear manufacturer company. That's the project that she's managing. So these are not, these might not seem directly related to digital marketing efforts, but they actually have a lot to do with your strategy. And we try to focus on different aspects of strategy by addressing those types of problems. We also do um, uh, some other projects like event marketing, right? Uh, We create these larger events for publicity, for fundraising, and we do the marketing of the whole event um, and also organizing and arranging the events components themselves as well. We had a great group of five students last year that created a very nice event that was that is now going um, going to be annual and even larger with many other CSUs being a part of it. So it's it's I know I'm very uh, I'm kind of dancing around the question there, but it is because we're trying to give we're we're trying to create that that. Um, alignment that you were talking about between learning something new, right, and still delivering the the output that that the clients might yeah. need to resolve any of their problems. No, that's great. I mean, obviously, to your point, you're not going into these with uh, a finite list of services. It's more we're going to uh, go through this needs analysis, identify what this particular client may need. And again, I think your team can treat it as a learning opportunity where maybe we weren't considering events marketing, but if we've identified this is what this group needs, of course, we're going to put the plan together and and market that type of event for that type of client. That's great. Pretty much. Um, We talked about about account management. Um, I can imagine a lot of the tactics, a lot of the project implementation, like the things that go into, say, event marketing is handled by the students as well. Who owns like business development? Who owns sales uh, when, when trying to find these local businesses? So business development is mostly myself and Dr. Sherman, who's the director of the ESBI. Um, We try to uh, let the students learn what they would be doing, but we do not ask them to actually um, find partners or clients for these projects. 
Although that being said, we've had students who brought in a few partners because they were um, they either met these people, you know, in a in a networking setting, or mm. they were trying to do maybe freelance work with them and realized that maybe there's larger work to be done and thought it might be beneficial for the agency to be a part of that work as well. Uh, majority of the business development. Uh, is through our um, Entrepreneurship and Small Business Institute. We have a lot of uh, pro- non-profit and for-profit partners that we work with, um, one of which uh, is currently the Women's Economic Ventures based in Santa Barbara County. And uh, they have a roster of hundreds of very, very small businesses, usually sole proprietor or family mm-hmm. businesses. And their goal is to foster, you know, both female leadership and business ownership, but they focus on um, any type of need, regardless of your background, your gender, your ethnicity. And uh, they have been a very good partner for us because their small businesses need the type of help that we're able to provide them. And therefore, we were able to secure quite a few cl- uh, clients through through our partnership with them. That's great. Um, those seem like really strategic, uh, intentional relationships and partnerships to make. That's great. Um now, for for many agencies, I find that the secret sauce in the name of the game and the ability to grow and scale and to do a lot of neat things, it, it really comes down to just process development and being able to codify what it takes to do X. So it's repeatable and scalable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, where does that fall in the, in the student experience for this agency? Uh, how heavy handed are you with process development? Who owns that? How and why are things mapped out? I'd love to learn more about process development for uh, for the students. That's a great question. Um, overall, we have a uh, project process map. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Overall, we have a project process map that covers a very general um, structure uh, of our process flow. And that one was, I introduced that so that we can create projects in that project flow. However, for each individual task that the students are doing, they go through specific trainings for that specific task. And at the end of that training, they're asked to create a project flow of what they learned how to do that task and share Mm. it with the rest of the team. So while they repeat, of course, every student does this, so there might be multiple different project flows that you see, but it's also part of the learning experience because the best way to learn is to teach somebody else how you do certain things. And procedural knowledge is best um, transferred through these types of exercises. So let's say we are building a landing page with an intake for a small business client. Um, Mm -hmm. One of our students goes through some of the... um, the webinars and the trainings, the workshops that you guys have on HubSpot, they will go through it and they will try to summarize what they learned from it and create a project flow map and share it with the rest of the team, explain why they created the flow that they did, get feedback on what they did. And feedback is a big part of our process. Um, They get a lot of feedback on what they did and what they can do better. And then we use those to refer back in the future whenever we're doing similar types of work, but we still ask the new student who's going to go through that training to do this very same thing. That's great. So once a student creates uh, a process flow for landing page development, that isn't the final time that we're going to map it out. There's two layers there. One, we want every student to be comfortable and familiar with what it means to build a process map. Uh, But at the same time, just having a, I would imagine these can continue to live in some sort of library or or catalog. So they're always available for, for later reference. Um, it just feels incredibly valuable 
to teach uh, students and, and future marketers uh, about uh, process development and the importance of cataloging process, but also the importance of being really good with feedback and receiving feedback and understanding uh, how to make improvements, optimizations on existing assets. Like they, that just feels so, uh, so immensely valuable for them to learn. That's a really interesting angle of the process. It's one of our goals to make sure that the students experience that before they actually go into the work workforce. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a bigger challenge when you are working for a company and you want to make sure that you do a good job to be able to yeah. uh, implement these types of skill sets. So we're hoping that they're getting those skill sets and that experience while they're in college, not after. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's uh, we'll, we'll take a we'll pivot over here to a potentially hairy question, and that's. Uh, what happens when a student doesn't perform up to par? I think, Leslie, you mentioned accountability and collaboration. Clearly, those are going to be uh, incredibly important for folks to to, to have collaboration and, and accountability. Uh, but what happens when somebody's not pulling their weight? What you know, if what happens if someone's not fulfilling the the needs you need out of that person? Good question. Um, I, I this has not happened to me yet, but I if that were to happen, I think as I, if I am the account manager for the project, I would go straight to the person and just uh, send them a text to see how they're doing. Um, if they're, if it's finals, if it's finals that are just overworking them, if they need a little break, or if we're taking the the project too fast. So I think the first step is just asking how they are and seeing what is the issue or like why. Uh, there's a disconnect, I would say. And then from there, um, figure out a solution. Um, would they need some time or is it just me putting too much work? Um, because as Ekin has said, um, school's first and um, the internship is second. But <laughs> um, yeah, so school's first. So we need a little break. We definitely understand. Um, so we just kind of, it is catered to the student. So it just, it's up to what is the issue and how we can resolve it. And then if yeah. it's past that, I mean, maybe a second. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's, it, there's uh it pulls through to probably uh, the full-time employees out there and, and just finding work-life balance in, in, a, in a healthy work-life integration. So uh, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and if checking I might, in on somebody uh, about finals is very similar to working, you know, somebody has something else going on. Uh, even later in life too. So, And a big part of the program, Kevin, at least on my end as faculty is, um, I, I, and Leslie might be able to speak to this as well, but uh, failure is not just okay, it's encouraged. I actually want the students to fail in their first attempt because I really do believe that failure is not a bad word. It's where we all learn. It's and I keep repeating this, so Leslie is going to be sick of hearing this, but we all learn at our boundaries. If we are in our comfort zone, if we are doing something that we do well already, there's no real learning happening. And again, we're an educational institution still. So the idea is, of course, to produce um, the output that would be reflective of the, the performance that the students can showcase, but it's also to make sure that they have this opportunity to fail and then get back up again and do the things that they were not able to do prior to um, that failure better in the next iteration. Uh, So we are, while we do ask a a lot of each other, I would say, I think we do ask a lot of each other, but we are also a very supportive community. Um, I've seen a lot of students pick up the slack for others who might not be able to do 
to work the way that it's supposed to be done at certain times. I've also seen a lot of um, moral support, you know, um, to to provide the room for for their teammates to be able to make changes and revise the mm. work that they've done multiple times. I mean, this it's, like this this seems like the exact environment in where there is a safety net, right? We want these folks to learn by doing, and so just. Uh, to your point, you know, failure is okay and it's warranted and expected because we want you to use that as a learning opportunity. Here's the place where there's a safety net for when that happens. Absolutely. Yes. That's the goal. If I could add to that conversation, um, well, I can always, um, so at first she tells us, are you interested in this project? So it's not like we're doing projects we don't like. We kind of know mm. what it's about and it, we have interest in it. Um, so I feel like that's what motivates us the most. And another thing is that um, Ekin always double checks with us like, oh, you did this, but do you want to continue? Are you sure you liked it? So there's always that reassurance and asking us if we are liking the project and how it is going. Um, but I really like that about the project, uh, the project we have going on. I mean, it sounds like uh, you're starting to recognize what you would want out of a, a first boss as well, right? Definitely. Um, the the next two questions are are two sides of the same coin. So I would say one's from the agency perspective, but obviously one's from the school, the university, the marketing department um, side of things. So for an agency, uh, if I'm tuning in today, uh, is there a is there a partnership opportunity that I should be looking for? Do you think I should be finding a student run agency to partner up with? Uh, are, are these the type of folks that make really strong new hires for these agencies with roles to fill. So if I was an agency, how should I be thinking about and looking to engage with this type of program? This is a great question, Kevin. Uh, currently, I'm attending the Association of National Advertisers Educational Foundation um, event that's happening this this week. Uh, and I've, I've been listening to a lot of large agencies uh, recently, listened to McCann, um, Ogilvy, you know, RGA, And uh, there seems to be a very big interest in creating a talent pipeline that is not only high performing, but is also diverse in the way that they bring their background and thought into the workplace. It has been the over, you know, overarching conversation of the whole week. What this brought in my mind, I suppose, is that student agencies um, are playgrounds for students to try different things and figure out what speaks to them in their future careers. I think there's a big Mm -hmm. benefit of partnering up with with student agencies, getting to know the students in those agencies, not only through their resume or an interview in half an hour, but through working with them, you know, um, as closely as is appropriate for the agencies themselves and determining whether or not those students are a good fit for their company culture, because it's not just about the tools and the skill sets that the students brings in, but it's also about the diversity of thought that could be brought into a company that that makes that company even richer in terms of their performance. Um, We have been very lucky that we had some really great partners along the way, um, including HubSpot, but also um, the Trade Desk and Amazon Web Services. And they've been working very closely with our students, getting to know them. And most of our students that actually work with them get hired even before they graduate. 
this year we had four students who got jobs with either the clients that they were working for or the agencies that they were working with um, even before they graduated, maybe a couple of months before they graduated, which is not something that we can easily say, but it also increases the, the um, postgraduate outcomes for our students. Uh, the median salary that they start their jobs with is now higher than it was prior to this experience because they, the companies don't hire blindly just based off of that resume that they're reading that looks like everybody else's resume. Right? They're hiring somebody that they know can do certain types of tasks so they can hire them at a specific level instead of just like a gen generic entry-level intern in their company. So as a, as a professor, that's my goal. My goal is to make sure that the students can get to where they want to go and I can create those partnerships with other agencies and other companies that might be in the same space that we are in. You know what, that teed up my second question really well, because I was going to say, well, first, I think you clearly depicted why uh, colleges, universities, schools should consider something like this and the benefits it yields for the students that get involved. Uh, but how should they go about pitching and securing uh, the necessary resources and funding to make it happen? Any tips or tricks after uh, any uh, um, student or not students, but schools, or universities listening in, how can they make this happen for their students? Uh, there are various different versions of this type of student-run agency in institutions that I've been researching so far, um, and everyone chooses a different type of funding mechanism. Uh, some larger universities look for endowments so that they can have a running uh, budget over time. Um, University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign is a good example of this. Uh, they have a very large experiential learning program that also includes a student agency. They have a very large endowment. Uh, other universities perhaps kind of like ours, which we are a smaller university, we're considered a medium-sized campus in the Cal State system. Uh, we do uh, a self-sustaining uh, self financial uh, plan for the agency. So we have very small businesses that are paying scaled fees for some of the work that the students are doing. All of the money goes directly to the students. Um, the university does not take anything out of it. It's to make sure that the students can actually um, get the experience, but also get the financial support that they might need, uh, mainly because our student body uh, works full-time majority of the time. So we want to make sure that we can get some of their time outside of their retail and service jobs to focus on building skills for their future careers. Another way of going about finding and securing funding is seeking out partnerships and grants. We were very lucky to have partners who were very interested in helping us develop this this new idea, this, this pilot that we were doing. And uh, some of them have been private institutions. Some of them have been nonprofits and foundations that found some interest in helping us out. And they have been providing us with either gifts and grants or sometimes fee-for-service type of payment for each of the projects that we're working on. I would say it is very dependent on the structure of the institution that you're at. Uh, the university usually has a specific structure that you have to kind of color within the lines, but there are many ways to find funding and secure it over time. That's great. So uh, clearly there's, there's many options and many avenues uh, you can take. It sounds like it might be dependent on some of the systems and structures within your own school, college, university, et cetera. Uh, but if anything, the benefits and the why to begin making that argument uh, seem to be uh, crystal clear, which is exciting. 
Absolutely. Um, we're, we're, we're slowly coming up on time here. And so I, I wrap every episode with this question. Uh, and the question is, what is the weirdest part of agency life? Uh, and I can imagine uh, we might want to shift this one a little bit, but I, I can't help but think there's some weird parts uh, about student agency life. And so I'd love to get uh, either or both of your, uh, your thoughts on that question. I would love to hear Leslie, because I do not know the answer to this question. I think the weirdest part, I don't know if it's about the agency, but um, I think the community more. Um, I've actually never met any of my coworkers, I would say, or like my fellow interns or even uh, Ekin. I've never met her in real life. And um, it's just crazy how we all just kind of click and work as if we're right next to each other. Um, but that's more of a community thing, not kind of the agency. So if anything, it sounds more remote, the remote and virtual aspect of it. Yes. And collaborating through. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's something a lot of people are trying to work through right now, to be honest. Yeah. My experience is that uh, I guess the weirdest part about agency life is how different but similar the projects are. Uh the projects that we're taking on are very different than each other in terms of the industries that we're focusing on. What we're learning is always something new because I don't know anything about first responder gear manufacturing, right? Every time we start a new project, I become a new um, new student in that, in that specific area. However, the process that we use um, at a very higher level is always the same. So regardless of the context of which we are going through this, this uh, journey, the journey seems to keep repeating itself. I find that to be very refreshing and kind of weird at the same time. Yeah, you know what? That's also, uh, that's another tremendous answer. It's, uh, I mean, again, I think this goes back to what you said uh, about a half hour ago, is that you're a problem-solving agency. And so the industries and companies you work for are all drastically different, but the problems that you're going to help solve seem to seem to be uh, more aligned or more similar than than anticipated. Yeah, it's great. Answer. Very much. Well, Egan and Leslie, again, you, this is my very first uh, uh, professor-student combo. So I appreciate you taking the jump, coming on to Agency Unfiltered. Um, but I think that's it for me. That might wrap this uh, episode up. So thank you both uh, for joining us today remotely. Mm-hmm.